You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Today, I'm excited to dive into a topic that is crucial for the success of technology transfer and commercialization, equity, diversity, and inclusion. We'll be discussing the Autumn EDI Toolkit, which provides guidance and tools for universities and research institutions to promote diversity and inclusion in their technology transfer and commercialization activities. Joining us to discuss the toolkit is Karen Maples, the chair of Autumn's Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. Karen is the founder of Future Forward, a global initiative to advance the economic impact of innovation by accelerating inclusion of diverse and underrepresented groups in the innovation ecosystem. She is also a founder of Myutic, an innovation strategy firm that helps organizations build innovation capacity for long-term viability and growth. Karen is a founding member of Invent Together and serves on the advisory board of the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology Foundation. She has been recognized by Enterprising Women as one of the top women entrepreneurs in North America. Her education includes a BBA and an MBA from the College of William and Mary and postgraduate studies at Harvard Business School and the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Whether you're new to the topic or a seasoned pro, this episode is sure to offer valuable insights and inspiration. Welcome, Karen, and thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks so much, Lisa. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, I'm really excited to have you here today and to talk about the EDI Toolkit. And so that leads me to my first question. What inspired the creation of the EDI Toolkit? So it really was a combination of Autumn leadership and the board of directors, along with the founding members of Autumn's EDI committee. We all felt strongly that it was important to provide Autumn members with resources to better understand the underpinnings of equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so we formed a subcommittee to conduct research on best practices. Um, We looked at other toolkits, kind of organization-specific types of toolkits to compare and contrast, and also thought about what would be the priority content for the tech transfer community. Research was also done to identify articles, books, and other sources that provide useful perspectives on various issues and challenges related to EDI. And this was a two-year endeavor. We did not do this overnight. Um, The team was truly committed to developing a valuable guidebook for auto members. Yeah, congratulations, Karen. It's quite an effort and and two years is a a long time. So congratulations to you and the committee for getting that done. Thank you so much. So Karen, that leads me to my next question. How does the toolkit help organizations promote equity, diversity, and inclusion? So I'd like to start by saying that statistics show that demographically diverse teams outperform non-diverse teams in innovation, creativity, and complex problem solving. So our hope is that the toolkit will serve as a springboard for office to expand the impact of their EDI initiatives. 
the goal of the toolkit is to promote awareness and encourage dialogue that contributes to a greater understanding of the value of an inclusive innovation ecosystem. Individuals may also find value in using the toolkit to build personal and professional leadership skills in EDI. So Karen, every organization faces EDI challenges. So how does the toolkit specifically address those types of challenges? Well, two common challenges that we hear frequently are one, how do I get started? A lot of people don't really know what they should do first. And then the other challenge that we hear frequently is how do I take my organization to the next level of sophistication? So let me address each of those. Um, For example, before getting started, we recommend gaining a better appreciation for implicit bias. We all have biases. It's human nature. And in many cases, we aren't aware of them. Um, So there's a section of the toolkit that explains bias and provides links to resources, as well as the Harvard Implicit Bias Test. Um, There are also many organizations who are meeting basic standards but don't know what steps to take to improve commitment and support. So we've included in one section of the toolkit an EDI maturity model that defines five levels of EDI strategy maturity. And this maturity model can serve as a roadmap to examine the systems needed to extend current EDI efforts and initiatives. So for example, if your organization today is basically only meeting legal requirements, your next step may be to create EDI goals and increase leadership involvement. And there is much more work that you would need to do before EDI becomes truly aligned with the business mission. So we encourage everyone to think about the five levels, where they are, and to use this maturity model in terms of understanding the next steps. Well, that's really great information to help organizations address some of those EDI challenges. And so now that we've talked about that a little bit, Karen, Um, Can you share a little bit more about the contents of the toolkit and maybe give us a little bit more overview of what's included? Well, what I'd like to do is hone in on the middle section of the toolkit. You know, we have an executive summary. We have um, in the back conclusions and a set of resources. But in the middle, we honed in on four major components that provide guidance in critical areas of importance to an EDI strategy. And we also like to think of these components as steps in a process. So for example, the first component is understanding implicit and structural bias, which I just mentioned before. Um, The second component is measuring impact, where we focus on research, data, and benchmarking. And this step starts with examining your networks and your organization, thinking about where do you see patterns, how much diversity do you have in your personal networks, in the networks that support your organization. So those are the types of things that we're hoping that people will think about. And then we go into much more detail about gathering information, how you gather information, sources of data that you can refer to, as well as examples of benchmarks. 
And then the third component is building your system where we focus on best practice, best practices in the diversity toolkit. And right now we've focused on three specific things. The intention is that the toolkit is evergreen and will continue to evolve. So as we gain um, input from auto members about other things they would like for us to explore, explore, we can expand the best practices that we're including. But in this section, we started with three specific things, anonymous application process, person-first language, and supplier diversity, because we thought that these three things gave really great food for thought for tech transfer offices to think about. And you know, thinking about what you can do to actually implement these within your organization. And then uh, finally, the um, there's a section on expanding networks, leveraging a global perspective. So you want to look beyond the walls of your organization for opportunities to increase diversity. Um, in, in some instances, you may in your immediate community not have as much diversity as you would like. But if you go beyond the walls, as I'm saying, you can find avenues for getting connected with with more diverse communities. Um, and so that that's, um, that's something that we think is really important. And then we also think that it's important to think globally. So what are the cultures of other countries, for example? That's an important question to ask if you're starting to connect with people in other countries. And um, and so there's a lot more food for thought there as well. But those are the places that I really like to hone in on in terms of where you can get specific about specific kinds of things to do. And Karen, I just a couple questions. You know, you mentioned the anonymous application process, the person first language and the supplier diversity so anonymous application process, are you talking like invention disclosure patent application process or employment process or or both? Both. Both. Okay. And then person first language, I think is always really, really important. I mean, I have a niece who has Down syndrome and, you know, I always try and correct people, you know, to say person with a disability rather than, you know, the disabled. I, I think sometimes we get into those bad habits when it comes to person first language. Yes, and and so I completely agree with you about that. Um, in addition, this is something that in many cases is basic awareness. Um, and so it's easy to impart the information and to get people thinking in different ways so that they can be more supportive of everyone who's in an organization. And so um, that's, you know, I, I, I agree with you that person first language is, is a really important consideration. Very important. And then the last one I just want to touch on, the, can you talk a little bit more about um, what's meant by supplier diversity? So supplier diversity has been around for many, many years within major corporations. And it's really because of some other people who were on the EDI committee who were interacting with tech transfer offices. And for example, tech transfer offices may not have been tapping into diverse attorneys to help them with their patent work. And so we felt that there was a really um, important untapped opportunity for tech transfer offices to look at the organizations that they're interacting with, the suppliers that they're using within their networks, and how can they 
um, reach out to diverse suppliers to assist them with all the different requirements within tech transfer. Yeah, no, thank you. And thank you. That was a really great summary of of the middle part of the toolkit and some really important things in that portion of the toolkit. And so, Karen, that leads me to ask, what would you say is unique about the Autumn EDI toolkit compared to other EDI resources and solutions that are available? The toolkit is unique in that it's focused specifically on the tech transfer field and the innovation ecosystem. For example, the recommended data sources that we include are specific to tech transfer. Um, so we 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 really honed in on what we thought would be most valuable to our specific um, community. The other thing that I think is important is that this toolkit is not prescriptive. We're not trying to impart specific rules or methods. You know, we're not a diversity training rule book, for example. And if I had to say anything, the key words about the toolkit are guidance and food for thought in terms of how to build more inclusivity. So, Karen, how would you recommend organizations best use the toolkit? First is to improve engagement through a greater understanding of individual experiences um, and to use the toolkit as a resource for personal awareness and leadership development. We also hope the toolkit will be a guide for tech transfer offices in expanding their EDI efforts. It helps all of us to be more aware and welcoming of colleagues and more conscientious about the value of diversity of innovators in the innovation ecosystem. Karen, what's a good first step for organizations to start? So I'm actually going to share some information that's not specifically in the toolkit because the most important first step is to examine your organization's mission and goals. Ask yourself, do you have a shared mission and purpose that brings everyone together? So thinking about this and, and, and acting on this really does help you to lay the foundation. Keep in mind, each individual in your organization has unique perspectives and skills making sure the environment and culture creates a sense of belonging and respect that facilitates these individual contributions is so important. I would also suggest expanding your understanding of emotional intelligence, which is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and the ability to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. With this foundation, you can start to examine which EDI initiatives will be most impactful for you to work on. So, Karen, sometimes starting something new can feel overwhelming. What are your thoughts on what organizations should focus on when they're just starting to develop their EDI initiatives? What recommendations could you provide? So my first rule, making changes immediately is a bad idea. You need to be thoughtful about what you're going to do and what impact it's going to have. So I have five golden rules. One, engage in conversations and interactions with all of your stakeholders. Two, gather data to identify your biggest challenges and gaps. 
Three, assess what will create the greatest impact for your organization. Four, be clear about how your EDI initiatives align with your organization's missions, mission and goals. And five, start by defining a pilot or a trial before you go to full-scale implementation of any new process or practice. Karen, when it comes to the EDI committee, what can Autumn members look forward to? Well, first, we have a roundtable at the annual meeting in Austin, Texas, which will be on Wednesday, February 22nd. So we hope that anyone who's interested in, in engaging in more dialogue with us and with other people within Autumn, make sure you plan to attend the roundtable at the annual meeting. And we also have a webinar scheduled for April 4th, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're also planning additional activities throughout 2023, so stay tuned. Excellent. We look forward to those. Karen, thanks for joining us. It was really wonderful to have you on to discuss this important initiative. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really enjoyed spending time with you. That's all for today's episode on the Autumn EDI Toolkit. I hope you found this conversation as enlightening and inspiring as I did. The EDI Toolkit is a powerful resource that can help university and research institutions promote diversity, equity, and inclusion in their technology transfer and commercialization activities. But EDI is an ongoing journey, and we should all continue to learn, grow, and take action. To get a copy of the Autumn EDI Toolkit, please go to the Autumn website. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to bringing you more valuable insights and perspectives in the next episode of Autumn on the Air. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and stay curious. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to tech transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for tech transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.